Welcome back, everyone, to the Chip Lunch Podcast. It is wonderful to be along with you once again. And once again, <laughs> just laughing into the mic. Braden, yeah, hello. Yeah, I just, I can't even look at you this early in the morning. <laughs> it's too early. It's that offensive. <laughs> that is an offensive look. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, How are you feeling today? Good, good. Yeah? Yeah. Got a number of layers on. Oh, thank you. I always comment on people's clothes. Yeah, you do. Sorry. I'll stop doing that. Do you want to, do you want to get a blanket like Ethan last <laughs> oh, week? Oh, yeah, look like the, Nana. The, the woman at the well. <laughs> um, well. We'll see if we get there. Yeah, we'll see. It might Actually, I feel like it's a bit humid, so it won't get as cold. Hopefully. But we'll see. Welcome, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Thanks really for coming. happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. You said you're feeling anxious, though. Oh, just... You know, I don't know if anxious is the right word, nervous, anxious, somewhere in between. What would you be nervous slash anxious about? Are we that intimidating? You no, are. You're not, oh, yeah. you're not intimidating in any way, <laughs> shape or form, Joel. <laughs> Sorry. And Brayden, you're less intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just wait. <laughs> well, that made me feel good at least, giving Brayden was not as intimidating as I am. Indeed. Physically or... Uh, you're a bit uh, taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not an easily intimidated sort of person. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just sometimes uh, in these sort of settings, you start thinking about, ooh, how much of my soul am I supposed to bear here? And mm. yeah. Anyway, that's all it is. Okay. Well, like I said, we can cut anything out if you feel like <laughs> it. <laughs> it makes what do you mean? They're all. all we'll never yeah, cut yeah, it yeah, out. No edit whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everyone's like, which bits do they cut out? <laughs> That's what they'll be thinking about the whole episode. That's, that's this, for our Patreons. This will be the, uh, <laughs> the smallest actual used recording for the largest yeah. amount of recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As Brayden said, it's for our Patreon subscribers. Yes, for our Patreon. You'll that's get the seven-hour seven, the seven hour version. And the uncut, uh, all the stuff that I've been cut <laughs> out that I've said. All the juicy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Juicy. Nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> <laughs> Just round it up to ten bucks, man. <laughs> Sounds I don't cheaper. Get that. Well, I think that's a pricing strategy. It is, but I don't think like, it works. No, you don't really think so either. No, it might have worked in the sixties, but because it was no. that was when all in Australia you still get one cent change. Yeah, but now it's like well, I know it's ten dollars. Ten bucks. Mm. You know, it's nine ninety nine, nine ninety eight. It's ten mm. bucks. And the way inflation is the moment gives you nothing gives you an apple <laughs> <laughs> or, or it gave you a lettuce almost yes for a little while there what did 10 bucks oh did it oh you're saying i, I can't like i never know what things you cost don't do the at, shopping. The, at the supermarket well i do sometimes do the shopping but i still don't Karen came home and she's like, one green bag a hundred dollars i'm like my goodness it's <laughs> expensive man <laughs> Yeah, it didn't help that she has it's like full of caviar or something. <laughs> 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 Imagine if I just went to the shops to get some uh, supplies. Came home with seventeen cases of caviar. <laughs> um, Dan, yes, uh, this podcast is called Chip Lunch. Yes, and so the first question that we ask you is about hot chips, but I'm going to leave that to Braden to ask oh, the full okay. question. <laughs> okay, set up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to fumble it now. Yeah, be um, careful. Dan, how are you talking you about like the drink in your hand? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Life, generally. What's in that one, Brad? Uh, well, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's why you asked the question. Uh, <laughs> Dan, how do you like your hot chips? 
How do I like my hot chips? Um, as a kid, it was always with vinegar on it. Oh, yeah. So um, back when they wrapped it in the paper bag and you'd tear the top of the <laughs> yeah. bag off and squirt vinegar in, uh-huh. that was, as a kid, as a teenager, always how I had my hot chips. These days, it's just with some salt on it and that's it. Or what kind of salt? Plain salt. Oh. Yes. Yes. I, I understand that because chicken salt and vinegar, I don't think. That's not a match made in heaven. No. no. Chicken salt in general is not a match made oh. in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Breach, Dan. <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> I was say, you can't, like with chicken salt, you, no. can't, you can't change classics. Yeah. Plain salt is yes. what it's meant to be. Absolutely. You know, God made salt, guys. <laughs> God made man, chicken man salt. No, man made chicken salt. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. Um, I'm sure chicken salt has its place, but on chips, I think it's a fallacy. Oh, where else do you have chicken salt, though? Anywhere else. I don't care, but it's not on <laughs> chips. <laughs> <laughs> on chicken. <laughs> exactly. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, uh, what yes. was the other question I was going to ask you? Oh, I think I asked Catherine this. Um, does the vinegar make the chips soggy though? Just depends on how much you put on it. Depends on how quick you eat the chips too. Oh, mm. <laughs> like as a teenager, nom 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 nom, they're gone in you know two minutes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I didn't have that problem. Mm. Is there a special place that you like you talked about when you were a kid that you used to get chips from? Oh yeah, I can remember the local fish and chip shop very well. Um, but where was that? In Springvale in Melbourne. Spring Valley, Melbourne. Yes. Mm. So uh, uh, the family used to do the Friday night fish and chip thing, but also oh, yeah. uh, had to go past it on my way to and from school. Mm. So uh, there'd be many a time me and some friends would drop in and just grab a bag of chips each. Pick up a couple of bags. Yep. That sounds pretty good. Well, it was back in the day when 50 cents got you some chips. 50 cents. Oh, jeez. Yes. I can remember that far back. <laughs> 50 cents. That's so cheap. Yes. Let's just pause and remember. Pause and remembrance. I'm <laughs> 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 showing my age. I can remember getting um, chips and a coke for like a dollar. Yeah. This is becoming an inflation podcast. It, it is. <laughs> All the economists are like, "Yes, take it this far." All the economists that listen to our <laughs> podcast, just after they switch off, talking about the economy. Uh, so Dan, the second yes. question that we'd like to ask is, how did you become a Christian? That's both an easy and a complicated question. So the easy answer is I've been a Christian ever since I can remember, mm-hmm. and which is weird because I grew up in a home where my dad is an atheist and my mum is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> aren't, aren't all mums. <laughs> oh, no, this one takes the cake. <laughs> okay. And she... Um, weird, know, weird spiritually? Is that what you mean? Uh, in every way. There's, there's, mental health, <laughs> there's mental health issues there. But, um, okay, sorry. Um, but spiritually believe that, you know, everything's got something to offer. And, okay. You know, uh, yeah. So didn't get it from home. But I had an auntie who was also um, my godmother who was very influential in my early spiritual development and I can remember being as young as about four or five and sitting with my auntie and discussing God and Jesus and she had these comic books that I remember reading 
I've got no idea. I've never seen them since what they are, but uh, or if they're theologically correct or not. <laughs> um, but I was a curious kid, and combine that with my auntie then putting these things in front of me constantly. And I spent a fair bit of time in like school holidays and that with with those families, and particularly her family. So she was a very big influence on on the start of all of that. And so because of that, I'm, I've been a Christian since I can remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a. Sh- you said it was a complicated story. Well, that was the easy story. Yeah, well, I want the complicated one too. That's <laughs> what this podcast is. Um, you know, when you say, when do you become a Christian? I mean, there's real sort of levels of maturity you go through as a Christian. And, you know, you've got to ask the question sometimes, well, what does being a Christian actually mean? You know, is a four-year-old kid that just either parrots or or knows there's something out there, is that really being a Christian? It's the start of it, and it's a required part of that journey. Um, but, yeah, there's been some pretty big things along my journey that's uh, not just affirmed, but uh, really strengthened my faith, and my understanding of what it means to be a Christian, uh, and, and also how to you know, put your trust in God. Mm. Um, I don't think, as a child, you can understand how to do that. Uh, and without adversity and, and other issues going on, you really can't understand until you've gone through part of your life's journey and, and hit some points that, you've, that are going to make or break your, uh, your faith. Yeah, right. Come on, let's, let's delve into one. Like what's, what's the well, one? Make well, when or breaks you, when you, the, young, sorry. when you were that young, do you, can, can you think of a time that that was actually the case? Uh, look, when you're that young, no, not those really big moments but there are moments that still you never forget um gosh in my here we go in my very early days i was pretty much a bit of a kleptomaniac and um what does that what is that are you stealing stuff oh yeah we used to steal a lot right. grew up in an area where you know that was a bit of a badge of honor and oh if you were able to steal something yeah right yeah, absolutely and the bigger and more expensive it was the bigger the badge and so i can remember there was a milk bar, and for those that are too young to know what that <laughs> is, it was a little corner shop that sold milk and bread and chips and lollies and everything else. And they often do milkshakes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, milk bars are cool. Yeah. yeah. So I used to walk past that on my way to school every single day, and I used to open up my bag and put a few bags of chips in there, and I'd share them with friends at lunchtime. And um, I remember this one day in particular, I couldn't do it. No matter how hard I tried, I absolutely could not physically grab chips and put them into my bag. As I exited the shop, the shopkeeper grabbed me. It was a big, aha, I've got you. You're the one that's been stealing all the chips. And the police were there as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And here I was being all smug, eight years old, opened up my bag going, what chips? I haven't got any chips. And as soon as that all finished and I was walking away, I was thinking, is that God? You know, is that... Was that you not letting me do that? Mm. Was that you trying to teach me something? And you start asking those questions and trying to sort of develop your your faith from moments like that in your life that you you say, hang on, there's more to this than just my arm froze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you were eight then? Yes. Um, what was the worst, like the most expensive thing you stole? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> oh, you you opened up the the can of worms. I'm um, going to pull all the ones out. We used to work in packs. Oh, really? <laughs> and um, 
Tell us the strat. Tell us the strategy. There was a toy world, and um, so if if you worked in packs, then someone was distracting while the other one or two were actually nicking or doing something, and we walked past the front counter with a big remote control car at holding it down low and just walked straight past while the other guy was distracting and took that out. I think that was way before they had um, beepers and, oh, yeah. and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Why do you think there was a thing of stealing stuff? Grew up in an area that was poor and, and also um, the kids were a real mix of cultures because it was a hostel area. We had, um, firstly, the Greeks and Italians moved in there in the sort of 60s and 70s. And then by the 80s, a lot of Vietnamese and, and other Southeast Asians and also uh, South Americans. Mm. And so most of them were either refugees or just, you know, needing a, a better place to live than where they came from. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that demographic, it sort of created this tribe of kids that did get up to a bit of mischief. Mm. And this is in Melbourne, right? Yes. So what's it like... I mean, you kind of described a little bit about this. This is Springvale yes. the area. What's it like growing up in Melbourne? Besides Springvale. <laughs> Melbourne's a cool city. Um, there's a lot of... Um, how would I describe it? There's a lot going on in Melbourne. There's not just a centralised like city CBD area where everything's happening. There's a big pub scene, and when I say pub scene, not just for drinking, like there'll be comedy shows, there'll be live music, massive live music scene all mm. throughout mm. Melbourne. Um, I, had, I know that a ton of the bands in the 70s and 80s moved to Melbourne because the scene was better yeah, than Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. We used to, um, even as teenagers, you'd be able to get into a, a pub because of the music scene. Mm. And um, yeah, we used to follow bands around and uh, it was just, a, it was a lot of fun, it was it was good. There, were, apart from areas like where I grew up, there wasn't that much trouble. Um, so when we got out of our area, <laughs> it was safe at that point. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, it was it was a really good, fun scene. Now I understand too that I probably gloss over things because when you think of your childhood, uh, sometimes you remember it so much better than it actually was, or or what have you. I, I just remember the teenage years being a lot of fun growing up in Melbourne. What made it fun? Well, those scenes, the oh, music those, and, stuff. And, okay. and the comedy and access to so many things. Um, you know, Sydney's got access to things, but I, I feel like it's a bit more centralised. Um, it's, it's a bit more like like CBD and then suburban kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Melbourne, anywhere you lived, you could go to your local pub and on a Thursday night there'd be a band and on Friday night there'd either be a band or something else interesting and... Yeah, and you talked about like the, uh, where you lived was there was a lot of immigrants or refugees. But your family is originally Italian, is that right? My dad's Italian. My yeah. mum's Australian. Okay. Uh, my mum's a bit of a country bumpkin, <laughs> and uh, and my dad's family were placed in that little small town. Yeah. Oh, when they arrived. Yeah. Oh, really? So did he come over with his mum and dad? Yeah, he okay. was only a little tacker, um, five or six years old. Do you know what area of Italy? originally from yeah calabria right down the south on oh, down uh, the south of like the main island uh, not not the mainland yeah yeah, yeah. Main, the, the, toe, main the, the, the toe, toe of, of the, the boot, the boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not the football of sicily no the, yeah right and have you been back to you've been back to italy have you I have a couple of times Did you go back recently? to the family origin 
The last trip I did, um, specifically, we spent time in the south because I really wanted to see where my family came from. And it answered a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts down there in the Is south. It? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, it's chaos. It's like living in the south of Australia. The <laughs> first time, I've been to Italy twice. The first time I went, we did um, Venice, Tuscany, Rome. So from Rome upwards, the north. And we were surprised about, you know, you hear all these things about Italy being chaos and nuts and crazy, and it wasn't. It ran beautifully and mm. smoothly. Um, not a problem. And we thought, what are all these stories about? <laughs> Last year, we went back to Italy and specifically wanted to do the south and um, went to Naples and took a, a ferry to um, to Palermo in Sicily, which is the soccer ball of the boot. Yes, it is. And then uh, across the ditch there and, and did... Um, the right down across the south from, from west to east before going back to Rome. And it's nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. And it reminded me of my family. Yeah. They're all loud. They're all screaming and the hands are going <laughs> out everywhere. They're right. driving like maniacs. That was the thing I remember being in, the difference between like even Rome and Turin. Like I remember walking down the street with my brother in Rome and someone just pulled up in the middle of the street <laughs> Put their hazards on, got out, and went into a yeah. coffee shop. <laughs> and they weren't getting they weren't getting takeaway. No, oh, they, <laughs> just, like, no, they no, just I'm like, sit down. yeah, I'm just stopping here. No. Like, <laughs> no, when we were in Palermo, uh, we were amazed. You see, the um, firstly, the, they don't uh, give any boundary to where they park. Oh no, yeah, yeah. So they'll be right on the corner, like literally on the apex of a corner, <laughs> parked there. Yeah, that's not the weirdest thing. They'll be double parked on the apex of the corner. <laughs> we even once saw a triple park. <laughs> just like you're kidding me. Really? Well, someone else has stopped here, so yeah. I can stop here. And every single car in the south seems to have four dints on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on each corner. Palermo um, Football Club has one of my favourite football jerseys. The pink, it's like black sleeves yeah. and pink. Yes. Pink torso. I can see that with you. Yes. <laughs> Got a classic. Alessandro Diamante jersey. Oh Palermo. yes. Palermo. Yep. I'm just looking at it. They, oh, they, this is this one's all pink. Ah yes. All pink with uh, black shorts. Yes. Thank you. It's very you. <laughs> well, you feel welcome to get me one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the four hundred dollars for that. Yeah. Oh, well, they're not that expensive, are they, Brayden? But Brayden's no. got like a collection of what? What are you? What are you? Oh, at? I'm, I'm, at, I'm at selling point. I'm You're selling some of them. But you have a lot. You have I a, had a lot. I went, through, a lot. I went through a stage. There's a lot of football jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. In another probably. life. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Let's go back to your childhood, though, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, you had that moment when you were stealing stuff and you just couldn't, and you're like, oh, is this, is this God? Do you have any other moments like that? Like, what was growing up in primary school like? So I went to a Catholic school, and that was because um, my dad being Italian like no self-respecting Italian sends their kid to any school other than a Catholic school. Right. Even though he has no faith whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, that, cu- that cultural yes, kind of thing. Yes, very cultural. Yeah. There was no way I was going to any other school. Yeah. Um, so St. Joseph's Primary School, a uh, good Catholic school run by priests. Uh, so primary school, it's not much different to any other sort of primary school kid except for the fact that, yeah, we... We're in Springvale. It was a very interesting mix. Um, a, a lot of Southeast Asian and mm. um, Italian, uh, Greek, uh, early stages of Lebanese and Turkish. Um, my what? next door neighbour, who was my best friend for many years, was Turkish. 
What was it like? Sorry to interrupt you. What was it like growing up with a... Because that's probably not my experience. No. What's it like growing up with people from so many different backgrounds? It's enriching. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah, and especially since where I was, um, and I don't know, you know, all, all I know pre me moving to the Shire is there was <laughs> Cronulla riots once. <laughs> um, but uh, there was no sort of... Um, white Australia movement or, or anything like that where I grew up. And so it was enriching because you were able to, as a um, white boy who was almost in the minority, be able to have those friendships with kids in different cultures and go to their homes and eat their food. And and the, the fact that I had um, Italian and Australian background also made a big difference in that. I noticed my friends who were completely Aussie sort of struggled with that a little bit. Um, but myself, no, I, I quite enjoyed it and embraced it, and and I think part of that is why I have such a love for experiencing different cultures and and food. Yeah, Aussies <laughs> are no good at food. Uh, most on the main part, no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> especially and especially you wouldn't know that obviously growing up like half Italian too. That's, yes, Italian food is so good. <laughs> Real Italian food is great. Oh, mamma mia. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so good. Uh, I actually made pasta last night, Ooh. carbonara. Um. Mm, good for you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> carbonara, did you do it properly? Uh, what's properly? With the eggs rather than adding cream. Did you add cream? Well, you oh, don't I, eat cream, I didn't do you? Do. Yeah, yeah, I use cream. You use cream. But eggs, cream. eggs as well. Did you use cream? It was, yeah. yes, but it was a Jamie so Oliver. that's not carbonara. Okay, it was a Jamie yeah. Oliver recipe, so I was, he said it was carbonara. He I worked in an Italian restaurant. I I trust Jamie. I made the mistake of saying that to my wife once. It's not proper carbonara. <laughs> she said, oh, did, do you like the carbonara? And I said, oh, well, it's not carbonara. <laughs> <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I know it came across that way, but that was not the intention. <laughs> so how do you make a real carbonara then? Is that with the water and the eggs? Yeah, use a bit of the pasta water yep. um, and the uh, the egg yolks. Um, you're supposed to use, use. I did use egg yolks. So cool. So just so you know. Yeah, you're supposed to use um, oh, what's that meat? Guanciale or whatever. Or it's pancetta. Called. Is it? Well, I, I just use pancetta. If I was to make it, it's just so much easier to get. Mm. Um, I think most people do. Yeah. Mm. I, I like hearing about this. Sorry, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, well, what do I need to change in my <laughs> my setup? Um, well, we were talking about. Sorry, you growing up in primary school yes. and then. Uh, you said it was not too bad? Yes. What about going to high school? Is that different? Uh, high school was different. Um, Which high school? Is, it, is, is there a Springvale High School? Mazenod College. It's a Catholic boys' school. Okay. That's all it is. Um, sounds fancier than it is. What is a, what's Mazenod? Mazenod, named after a French um, missionary. Oh, okay. Who was doing something in schooling a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And well, yeah, so high school was different? It was for two reasons. Um, one, me understanding I was a bit different to most of the other kids there, and, and I talk about that in terms of faith and mm. um, faith and, and maturity in that. Uh, and also, um, it was probably different to a lot of other kids, Christian or non-Christian, growing up in terms of the school that I went to was run by missionary priests. And so there was a big emphasis on, you know, what are we doing in society? How are we helping people? Um, so it was very different. A lot of 
people have this preconceived idea of Catholicism and, and they don't understand that Catholicism is actually quite fractured. There's very different um, groups within the Catholic Church. And so I was very blessed and fortunate to be amongst missionary priests who really lived what they preached. Um, and look, they were salt of the earth, drinkers, smokers, um, interesting language when they weren't teaching. Um, but they they let their actions really speak for them in terms of not only getting out there and doing things themselves, but really encouraging the teenage boys to to take their place in, in society and, and what that meant. You know, not, not your places in, you know, you're going to be a CEO of a company or you're going to be a scientist. No, no, no. What, what's your place amongst other human beings? Mm. Is that when the stealing stopped? <laughs> no, no. The, no, the stealing stopped when I was eight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but was that was obviously in contrast to stealing stuff. What kind of things were you doing out in the community? Like, what did they encourage you to do? There was a lot of little things. And, and it's not that they encouraged us to find that. They, they set that up for us. So... Mm. Because as teenage boys, you're not going to find that yourself usually. Yeah. Uh, so they provided the opportunities for that to happen. Part of it was uh, in the curriculum uh, and part of it outside of the curriculum. And so uh, I can remember uh, being 14, 15, 16 and uh, going to people's homes who were elderly and you would spend... Uh, half an hour, two, two of you would go out there and you'd spend half an hour helping clean up around the yard and do little things like that. And then you'd spend an hour talking to them because that's really mm-hmm. what they wanted more mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. They'd be ready with a cup of tea and biscuits and you knew they were excited to see you mm-hmm. arrive and they were waiting for you to finish doing the little chores that you're supposed to do because they, they just want to have a chat. Mm. Did you like form any like good friendships with that? Look, I didn't form good friendships, but it was very good for me personally to do that. I have an appreciation for all ages of, of people. A lot of people don't have patience for older people. Yeah. They think that, that they don't realise that what they've got to say is actually very valuable and their life's experience is either different or so much more than what you might have experienced yourself. So it gave a good appreciation for being able to sit and listen and and be enriched by other people's stories rather than telling your own. It's cool to hear how kind of just by happenstance, it's pretty easy to stay in your own bubble. And just by where you were like growing up, like you get exposed to a whole bunch of different cultures and then through that experience, you're also experiencing the different generations. And like, yeah, it's pretty easy to just go through life in your own little bubble and just deal with people who are maybe related to you in that way. But I think it's really cool to hear like, oh yeah, like there was different cultures present in my life and then, oh cool, and we also got to experience what it's like chatting and hanging out with different generations as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's helped shape who I am and I'm very comfortable just talking one-on-one with, with anyone. doesn't matter what culture they've come from, what, uh, how old they are. Mm. If they don't speak English, still try to communicate. <laughs> That's had, something I would say a about you. Experience with yeah, that, okay. sorry. Yeah. In, in Italy, um, Buongiorno. <laughs> pull into the town my grandfather was born and lived in, and um, it's an old town, and there's not many people 
left there and mm. those that are there i think the average age is about 97 <laughs> <laughs> and you know there's a couple of old nonnas standing in the the doorway staring at who are these people that have come into their town and yeah. and um one old fellow that had walked past walked back again and <laughs> eyeing us off but he actually uh tried to speak to us and i explained to him uh my name which is really all i had to communicate mm. um but he knew the name and and so Jenny, Caleb and I were having this conversation with this man that we couldn't understand a word that he was saying and he couldn't understand a word that we were saying but we just had the odd little bit yeah. that, ah, oh, okay, this is the house that he grew up in and, and yeah, so it, it helps having those backgrounds and those experiences that it doesn't throw you, you can just jump into those situations. So if then, had you heard the gospel by now? Like we, if we're talking about in high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. your from your auntie, or um, other people. Well, particularly through the Catholic school system, I didn't grow up in a Catholic school that sort of shunned the Bible and kept it over there. And <laughs> that's the Bible over there. We don't talk mm. about it. <laughs> we just leave it over there. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand that a lot of people did have that sort of experience, uh, but I didn't. the The Bible was read, discussed uh, regularly. And yeah, so I'd, I'd heard the gospel a lot from uh, maybe five years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry if I made a mistake there. No, <laughs> was your auntie Catholic or? Uh, no. Uh, she would have been Methodist, I yeah. believe. So like, I'm just wondering, because obviously you've, you had that first experience with your auntie and then was your first then experience of any kind of like church or formal thing? Catholic school? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. Yes. The only church I knew mm. um, until I was at least 18 was Catholic yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And sorry, you just mentioned 18. So, yes. What changed there? Um, what changed there? Meeting other people who were in different circles. Uh, so, um, uh, for the first time, understanding what protestant is and and uh the different denominations and mm. and then going to some services that were very different as much as i love my upbringing in the catholic church and what it's done for me it's very dry <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was hard to go back to i tried that once <laughs> and I went, oh, no. so like how did you end up going to a different church then just some people that you knew, is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah, people that I knew. Um, a lot of people won't know this about me, but I've been married before, so I'm on my second marriage. And so um, my first wife, her family and her circle of friends went to a different church. It was actually, at the time, Assembly of God. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I experienced something totally different to uh, the Catholic Church. That church was a bit out there. <laughs> In terms of that had the people running around the front and woo, oh, got okay. the Holy Spirit, right? I see. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a given that you said that like your most experiences were in like a Catholic experiences were dry. Was that this was at the other end of the spectrum? Oh, this was the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. So I went from that end to that end. And went ah, oh, okay. There's a lot in between. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do after school then? If you did, you have a plan or an idea of what you wanted to do after school? Not really. I was, I fumbled around for a long time. 
um, didn't have much of an idea of what I wanted to do vocationally or um, spiritually even. Um, I had a few years that I sort of consider out in the wilderness, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, just sort of figuring out who I am in this world and feeling a bit sort of lost for a little while there. Mm. Yeah. Did you think, like at any point, did you fall back on your faith for that? I've never lost faith. Um, th- there's a difference between losing faith and denying your faith. And I may have denied it in terms of said, I don't want anything to do with that right now. It's, um, and I feel very, like even as a mature adult, I s- sort of struggle with that, that mm. I went through that phase. Mm. Um, didn't deny that God existed, Jesus existed, and how wonderful and awesome they were, but just denied them in my life for a while. Um, yeah. Is that because you just wanted different experiences or you're just looking for other things? It's when you go through some hard times and you start thinking about, um, well, you just start shutting things out. Yeah. That's more what it is. I shut that out like I shut a lot of things out at that age. Why was that though? I just, you know, it was a was a tough time and a tough place that I grew up in and there was a lot of things that happened. And oh, just in terms of your family? And yeah, like my family, but also with, my friendship groups and and you know my my friends that I grew up with, um, I haven't really seen any of them since leaving uh, school. And I mean, there's a few who later on I, I had met and became friends with, sure. But the ones that I grew up with as a real little kid, right through, uh, I remember inquiring, and you know, there was a few that were heard in certain accidents, a few with drug problems, a mm. few in prison. And um, and the only other one that didn't have those experiences apparently joined the army as soon as he left school. Right. Yeah. So he and I didn't have those experiences, but you still, you, because it's going on around you, it, it does something to you. It, it um, sort of overshadows your life a little bit. At that okay. time, especially as a young person, you don't know how to deal with things very well. Different if you're in your 30s or 40s, but when you're a teenager still, you just don't know how to handle certain things. And so uh, my way of dealing with things was to shut everything out. And just go, no, nah, I'm going to keep that at arm's length. So you're kind of in this period of like searching, it sounds like. like yeah. Like you kind of lost the few, quite a few friendships and then, um, and then you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for a job yeah. and... All that content. What what helped you kind of get back on track? Do you think? Um, getting married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like most guys, getting married suddenly you got to grow up very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like I was a uni dropout. I struggled with work. Uh, struggled with friendships at that time. Uh, I'm very lucky to have a couple of friends that sort of stuck with me. That makes sense because I probably wasn't putting much into those relationships for a couple of years there, and uh, and those friendships still hold today, which is great. Um, but yeah, you get married and you realise I've got to grow up, otherwise this ain't going to work. And you have the same experiences in your job that oh I've got to smarten up because I'm failing at this job. Uh, I used to be very unorganised and just hopeless, and then. Uh, 
<laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> Similar experience? No, no, <laughs> not, a, not with organisations. To be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was just like, it was just. I was smiling at, at your honesty. That's all. I appreciate yeah. it. So you know, I, I learned from <coughs> the failure that oh, if I don't change this, this is what my life is going to be. It's just going to be a constant failure, one after the other, after the other, because it was already starting to mount up. Yeah. And so I learned to smarten up in, in the way my work ethic was, in my organisational skills actually, more than anything else. Mm. Um, and, and also then in my spiritual life, similar thing, I sort of thought, well, I'm not really going anywhere. What's going on? Why have I stopped? Um, I used to have this curiosity and wonder and that wasn't there anymore. So it was good to sort of rekindle that again and say, well, hang on, I am a Christian. I know I've, sorry, God, I've kept you at arm's length. Um, like, like everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, like everything and everyone. And it was like, okay, it's time now. I need to put the barriers down and say, yep, let's, let's keep moving forward. So did you go back to church? I struggled with churches for a long time. Um, we had some interesting experiences. Well, I had some very interesting experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> just thought it was so funny how you like it. Initially it was really dry and then we went to this one which was like way oh, the other way. way out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you stuff a lot of people don't need to see. Yeah, right. So what did you end up finding somewhere to go? Was that in Melbourne? No. Uh I did not find anywhere I was comfortable with at Melbourne. And then uh I moved to Noosa in two thousand. And I struggled to find anything up there as well. Um, mm. Up there, it's mostly Pentecostal churches. There, there was an Anglican church there and there was a Catholic church there. Uh, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches there. And I attended a few of them and I really struggled with them. Attended the Catholic church, attended the Anglican church and just struggled to find a spot that I could say, yeah, I'm comfortable with this. But also mm. a lot of that's your, your own maturity too. Um I really struggled with hypocrisy in terms of if I saw it, I struggled to, to deal with that in a mature way and I saw a lot of that in the churches. And, uh, yeah, sort of turned against them. Um, you know, if this is the way they're going to be, I need to not be a part of that. Mm. And not being mature enough to be able to say, look, I need to be within a church environment, within Christian communities, um, Let's see what I can make work. Instead, I, I just seem to fight against it. Mm. So it took a long time, uh, and it took a marriage breakup before I really established myself in a church again. Can I ask, just before we get to that, uh, why did you move to Noosa? Uh, my uh, ex-wife's um, family had moved up there her sister and, and their family. And so we were holidaying up there and I loved it. I fell in love with Noosa. Like the moment I stepped foot in Noosa, it was just beautiful. Sunny all the time. It was. It was sunny all the time. <laughs> Unlike Melbourne. Yeah. And like instead of raining nine days sunny twice, it was the opposite, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I liked getting a bit outdoors, doing fishing and walking and, really enjoyed that I'd never done that really before like 
doing fishing in Melbourne is a miserable experience. <laughs> well, not in Melbourne. You can't fish in Melbourne. In Victoria, it's a bit of a miserable experience. <laughs> Why do you like fishing so much? Because I struggle with fishing. I think... Especially if you're doing it on your own. Sorry. Well, I, I think I almost prefer doing it on my own. I think it was that moment for me to just um, have space for myself. Um, I, I do enjoy the act of fishing enjoy catching a fish i get excited when i get a fish on um but also i didn't enjoy it so much when i was in victoria because it was a miserable experience mm. whereas being on a boat a kilometer offshore and seeing schools of fish around you um, the mackerel was so thick that you could almost walk on water you know it was ridiculous wow. how many fish there were in the water <laughs> And so much so that I just grabbed the gaff and I gaffed a couple. Um, <laughs> What's a gaff? A big hook okay. with a long pole. With a long pole. Not yes. a net. It's no, a, just no, no, no. Okay, so you pole just, with a hook on the end. You just got them with the hook. Just gaffed a couple because they're banging against the boat. Wow. That's how <laughs> thick they were. Right. So it was a totally different experience to fishing back in Victoria. Yeah, I see. I loved it. Yeah, right. Um, so you've mentioned that your, your first marriage broke up. Yes. Um, how much? It depends on how much you want to tell us about that. But do you want to? What would you like to re- reveal <laughs> to us about that? Uh, anyone that's been through a breakup would know it's it's extremely difficult. It's um, it really breaks you down because um, your identity is made up in in a marriage. Uh, it's part of who you are. You're uh, a husband, a family man, and as a family, you um, hopefully you're Christian as a family, and and yeah, so it it really does break all of that down and make you question who you are, why you're here. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very difficult experience. I mean, it's by far the most difficult thing I've ever gone through. Well, I actually can only imagine because <laughs> I haven't had that experience. Did it? How did your faith help you in that scenario? I hit a low point and I hit what I call rock bottom. And it made me realise a couple of things. Firstly, most people that say they've hit rock bottom have not hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is when there's nothing left. And it made me call out to God also made me realize there are so many people who literally have nothing um like if you haven't got god to call upon at that moment Mm. no wonder people do some silly things at that moment Mm. in their lives let me understand that um and it made me understand things like mental health and depression Um, my ex-wife was going through a lot of depression depression issues and that was a big part of uh, the breakup of, of our marriage and then I was going through a lot of issues with mental health straight after that. Mm. And I used to be one of these people that thought, you know, I can just suck it up and I can do anything. I can pull myself out of any situation. I'm a strong enough person to do that. And I realised in that moment that I wasn't. And that was a big deal for my uh, maturity and my faith, realising that, you know what, I always still keep, Jesus just a little bit out, you know. I never really put the arms right back in. 
Sure, I don't have the barrier a kilometre out anymore, <laughs> but it's still there. And, and you that, said you'd been doing that a lot of your life as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I realised that all of my life I've still had a little barrier there. Mm, mm. Um, and it was that moment that the barrier came down completely. That's awesome. Yeah. It well, is. It's awesome. It's hard I'm not to saying go this. through, I'm but not it saying is this, awesome. Yeah, sorry. I'm not saying the situation was awesome, but it's awesome yeah. that, like, that's the moment that you can call on Jesus. Yeah. And to be, yeah. I mean, the reason that I say that is because I've been reading this book lately called Deeper, and he talks about um, our unity with Christ. And he says that, like, he basically says, oh, you're an onion. He uses the, like the metaphor of being an onion. And he's like, if one layer is like your surface level relationships or whatever, and then there's like a peel another layer, and it's your personality. And then it's like, peel away another layer, it's like your beliefs and your most precious relationships and stuff like that. And then peel away layer after layer after layer, and at the very core, that's how unified we are with Jesus. And that's why I was saying that's awesome that you said that, because like I think that's a great example of that, is what you were saying. Yeah. You're at rock, absolute rock bottom, and that's Jesus still there with you. Absolutely. Mm. And I knew he was there with me the whole time, mm. which was really awesome. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. No, again, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the way, that you're, very cool. the way that you're talking about it <laughs> yeah. is very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, you can't talk about these experiences unless you've gone through it and had the positivity at the other side. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I have. Yeah. So I can talk about it. Can we... <laughs> Let's go, let's go on to the positivity. What's yes. the positivity that came out of that? <coughs> so Excuse exciting. Me. So, ex- so, <laughs> so exciting we're coughing. <laughs> so positive. Um, I knew in an instant some of the things that I needed to change. Mm. And, I'm, and I mean that when I say in an instant. It's, mm. I literally had a rush of emotion and knowledge and just everything come through me that, okay... Um, this is what I need to do. And not because of me figuring it all out. It, it came to me. This is what I need to do. I need to go to church. I need a community of Christians around me. I need to get mental health support mm-hmm. because I'm not coping with life at the moment. Um, I need to go see a doctor. i got lots of other issues that I, again, keep it all out there like most of us blokes do with, mm-hmm. with our health. Um, Yes, yeah, so it was an instant relief and a defining moment that from that moment on, I'm no longer going to keep the barrier up. I'm no longer going to be a man and struggle through this. And, mm. and also um, to be there for other people was a big part of that too. Uh, I, I remember as I, I got into the Hillsong Church in Noosa, and there was someone I knew there who was about 10, 15 years older than me. And he became a good mentor. And every pushback that I had about things, uh, he would remind me that the experiences that I've had make me an expert almost in those experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, not an expert like academically, he said, but the ability to talk to other people about things they're going through that are similar um, to what you've gone through and because of the way you've gone through it it really gives you an opportunity to um, firstly just be there for someone to be that listening ear let them speak then to encourage and let them know that's okay mm. you know I, I can remember being at, at work um, 
one day we were having a eight o'clock meeting in the morning. Everyone's sitting around the table and there's this one guy sitting in the corner actually crying and not coping very well. And every, I, I walked in a little bit late and it's as though everyone's trying to ignore that person that's not coping. Yeah. And I've just looked at the room and thought, all right, this is wrong. And I've just gotten up, grabbed him and, and walked out and we went outside and had a good chat about things. So it's given me the courage to be able to say, I don't care what anyone else thinks about this situation. This person needs someone to talk to. We're going to do that right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I think you're right. I think God puts us through certain situations in order to help others. Yeah. Um, and I definitely haven't had the experiences that you have, but I can see that in my own life as well. I think you're, I think you're right. Can I ask you a question though? Um, You've kind of like talked about work a fair bit, but what were you doing for work? Like, what what have you been? What have you done in your career? A few different things. Yeah, <laughs> um, done a lot of my own things. Uh, so in um, in the early days in IT, in sales, uh, had my own little computer shop once, mm-hmm. um, and worked uh, within IT and telecommunications. And then I transitioned to mortgage broking, um, which is very different. It is different. <laughs> very different. The reason that happened was it was 2005 or 2004, 2004, and I wanted to buy two properties. We had sold a home, and I thought, I've got enough to buy two properties here. I can have an investment, and I can have my own home. And I went to the Commonwealth Bank, and the guy was like, well, once you put all that money in one, where's your 20% for the other? I said, well, I've got more than 40%, as in 20 for, for each. 20, 20, yeah. 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 Um, but he didn't comprehend that. And I thought, this is basic math, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How does this guy not get it? This is the manager of the branch. He did not understand maths that we learn at school, the basic stuff. And that got me into mortgage breaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing maths to mortgage breaking. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. And that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Because I enjoyed helping people particularly get their first home or their first mm. investment home. Um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. It was good because I got to speak with people but also got to, you know, I, I like numbers and, and, and so that sort of you thing. You were doing that up in Noosa? Yes. Okay. And then you also mentioned that you went to Hillsong in Noosa. Was that the church that you went to? Yes. after? You know, you said you hit rock bottom and then you said, oh, I've got to find a church and that was the... Yep. You actually felt like you fit in in that one? I did. Oh, I just meant the other <laughs> ones. You're like, all the other churches I went to, I didn't feel like I belonged. But Why maybe- that? Why Hillsong? I'll, I'll tell you something. When I came here for the first time and people understood that I had been at Hillsong and that I grew up at a Catholic, they had this preconceived idea of my faith and it was very wrong. They did not understand at all my experience in the Catholic Church and my experience at Hillsong. Now, firstly, Hillsong in Noosa is different to, say, Hillsong here in Sydney because this is a mega church compared to uh, a church about the same size as this. Um, so in Noosa, the scale made it more personable. And the theology that I experienced was 90% really good. Um, they have a model where they use travelling pastors. Oh, okay. Uh, and both Australian, New Zealand, oh, and US. I 
can't say I liked the theology of a lot of that, um, but the the pastor that was running our church, his theology was fantastic, and um, yeah, that was a really good help for me to come there and, and see a pastor that I could see was was using the Bible for everything, mm. was um, not just telling stories, but actually telling the Bible. And yes, sometimes you use stories. I mean, Stu uses stories a lot, mm. and that's okay. Um, but he used it within the context of the Bible all the time. Yeah. And that was really refreshing. Yeah. Mm. Refreshing why though? Because you hadn't experienced that before? Uh, one uh, point of Pente- Pentecostal churches that I don't particularly like is that they like to grab little snippets here and there and it's not actually a study or an understanding of a passage. It's what I want to talk about today, but let's grab these little bits out of the Bible to make that work. Um, whereas uh, Catholicism, you read a passage from the Bible. Anglican Church, you read a passage from the Bible. Mm. And then you discuss um, or teach what that actually means. So it's called exegete the passage or whatever, isn't it? Exegesis, yeah. Exegesis, there you go. So, um, Just yeah. a funny word. And, yeah. and because the other Pentecostal church is doing it very differently, this was refreshing to have mm. a, a pastor that went back to the basics. Here's the Bible. We're going to do acts over the next month and yeah. and really explain what that means yeah and um i mean you said you you, were, you felt like you were able to finally commit to a church did you start getting involved in ministry there as well yeah, yeah. i had always been on the fringes because i'd known uh christians and i had helped then volunteer amongst a lot of different things but i really struggled to actually partake in church and ministry within the church setting but then that changed at, at this point as well. Um, I, I got involved in the uh, kids' programs as well as some of the um, other performance stuff like lighting. I really enjoyed doing lighting. Oh, yeah. Loved doing lighting. Oh, okay. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> Did they have a proper, like... No, we had a dodgy game? setup oh. where I had the old box with the faders and oh, manually doing fun, it, mate. and it was actually so much fun. Wow. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Why did you enjoy it so much? It was very creative. Okay. And, yeah. you know, even people who you might think aren't creative are creative. Everyone's creative. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, wow, I'm helping create this yeah. this uh, atmosphere, this scene, this, you know, because Hillsong, obviously, music's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And a part of music is creating that whole atmosphere. And being able to do that, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, if you've right. ever been at a like a professional gig and you have the chance to sit near the sound desk and the lighting rig, it is a whole, I find it fascinating. Like it's like a whole different world and the effort that they're putting in is really cool. Whether it's like a basic setup or like the full digital setups that they have now, it's actually really, really, really cool. I watched the- It's really creative as well. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is obviously why you liked it. I was just saying that I once watched a YouTube video a few months ago of guys, it's a sound engineer for a gig and he strapped a GoPro on his chest and he was doing so many things <laughs> in just one song. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> why that's the case. Would that extend towards sound and stuff as well? So I didn't get involved in sound. Um, on purpose or you just like, you just didn't? I just did the lighting. I just did lighting. I like yeah. the lighting. I really like <laughs> the lighting guy. I like the lights. Pretty lights. <laughs> <laughs> what's, so your fav- what's your favourite thing to do with the lights then? Do you like, is there a, sp- like, do you have a certain... Uh, 
Look, I tactic. particularly liked, um, you know, songs are created in a certain way to evoke emotion. Mm. And when you manage to get the lighting to match that, it creates a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because people bag out lighting at churches and that, but the songs do the exact same thing. It's just a different form. Mm-hmm. And you're working as a team as well. Yes. So, like, you're working with the sound dude who's working with the musicians and you're yep. all trying to do something do together. The same thing, yeah. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, I know my timeline probably isn't accurate, but I know that eventually you and Jenny got married. Yes. And you came and you moved here as well. Yes. What's the intervening years between that? Because I think you and Jenny met while you're still in Noosa? Yes. Okay. So what happened in the between Noosa between and meeting Jenny? So meeting Jenny, a lot of that was working on me, um, working on me, my my spiritual growth and maturity, hitting a whole new level. Uh, Work wise, what I was going to be doing, um, and yeah, the, it, it wasn't a selfish way, but it was about me. Mm. Um, Just focusing on yourself. Focusing on myself. Also, I've got three nephews who come from a very broken home, so I spent a lot of time with them and helping them a lot too. Mm. Um, the oldest one's now like 25 or something, so mm. uh, over that whole 25 years, I've spent a lot of time with them as well. And it's funny because, you know, I turned 40 and I remember thinking, well, that's that phase of my life done. I've been married, didn't have kids disappointed but had accepted that and moved on and then yeah <laughs> all changes <laughs> god had a plan yeah. <laughs> yeah right and so you met you met jenny how online mm. it's funny because my sister who's oh, what she 12 years younger than me she'd been nagging me to get online and meet someone and i wasn't in the space to meet someone and I remember saying to her, even if I was, you know, I was born in the 70s. We go to seedy bars, don't we, to <laughs> find people? I don't know. I don't know. Is that everyone? <laughs> what's so this online thing, you know, <laughs> for dating? What? <laughs> Hell no. But, yeah, just to shut her up, I went on eHarmony. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. Jen, Jen was on there too, obviously. She was on there. Mm. She was. It's funny because I um, I set a boundary. You can well, firstly, I didn't even look at it. I just set it up just to shut my sister up. I've created a profile. <laughs> <coughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so created the profile, and every day you get these matches. As a bloke, you get so much more matches than uh, a, a woman seems to get out of these sites. There must be so much oh, more really? women to men on these. So it's particularly, I think, the paid sites, you know, oh, not, not the okay. dodgy freebie sites. I'm sure there's plenty of blokes on those. Yeah. So I'm getting these matches every day. And so I'd check my emails in the morning and just go, oh, delete all those. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't interesting. <laughs> delete, delete. And then I, I was getting so many, like I was getting 15 a day. And so I went in there and, and reduced some boundaries. I said, okay, geographic boundary. I, I'm not going to go any further than Brisbane. So if anyone doesn't know, Noosa is about an hour and a half drive north of Brisbane. Mm. I thought, okay, let's let's do that area from Brisbane through to Harvey Bay. And just so that to minimise the emails, not for any other reason. 
to yeah. minimize the emails. And it's funny, I had had a really nice um, Christmas, birthday, New Year's. My birthday's the 30th of December. Oh. And many people hate having birthdays around Christmas. I love it. I've always loved it. So I had a really nice time. It was the first time I thought uh, in a long time that, oh, I've just really enjoyed this period. Because Christmas and birthday and New Year's is really tough when you've been through a breakup and something pretty serious like that and, and it, it plays on your mind a bit. So I had this time and I thought, you know what, I feel really good. It's, it's been a good week. Um, let's look at this matching. There was two matches. It was the the 3rd of, I remember the date, the 3rd of January mm-hmm. um, 2015 and there's two matches there. I'm like, oh, one match from Brisbane, one match from Sydney. What the heck? How did that get through? <laughs> She's got a wide, big so, filter on. <laughs> so let's delete that one. I'm not interested in Sydney. Sydney's the last place I ever wanted to go. So <laughs> I deleted that one. And then this uh, you know, uh, this lady from Brisbane. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, hello. Don't know what we do next. Sup? Yeah, exactly. Sup, dog. Hey, sup. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I had no idea what it's supposed to do. And so, okay, yep, just a quick reply and sent it off. And then the next day, something else came through from that person. And then that's when I realised, ah, oh, I deleted the Brisbane one. <laughs> <laughs> that's <so> funny. <laughs> that's the Sydney chick I'm talking <laughs> with. Okay. Well, I started the conversation. Let's yeah. keep talking. Oh, that's how that's how it blossomed from there. Blossomed from there, yes. Because I think you and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but you went back and forth a few times, both of you. Yes. And then eventually, did you uh, decide to get married first and then move to Sydney, or did you move to Sydney? No, uh, I moved to Sydney about two weeks before I got married. Okay. Yeah. So it was a year long romance. Um, from January to I was married the following January. Okay. Um, and look, when you're into your 40s, you know what you're looking for a bit better, you're a bit more mature, you can do things quicker and we both knew, ah, oh, yeah, we want to make this work. So, you know, there's no point waiting five years to, to come to that same conclusion. Mm. So, yeah, we uh, travelled a bit between the states and... Um, that just the just New South Wales and Queensland, right? Not the yeah, yeah. Between our not the United States, States. <laughs> between our states, uh, Jenny came up and I'd go down and um, just went to Sydney via LA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, you went up, up back and forward, backward and forward, and um, yeah, pretty quickly realised that this is working and and this is something we both want to continue. So yeah, mm. that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, actually. What was it, what was it like coming to this church? Because you've been at a... How long have you been at the, your church in Noosa before you came here? Four years, maybe. Mm. Yeah. So you've actually careful. been at this church longer now. Yes, than, than any other church. Than, yeah, wow. Ah, okay. oh, Catholic church, but that's as a kid. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. <coughs> so what was it like joining our church? Really, I'm just looking like for... Like I said to you at the start, people have this preconceived idea of what my faith must be, and... 
People were very... What did Jenny said about you, though, to make people think <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> Not so much Jenny, because, you know, to do the dating process online, you've got to be pretty open, mm. uh, both in what you're communicating and what you're listening to. Yep. Um, so not so much from her, but from others within this church, they had this preconceived idea that, oh, you know, um, he's been going to a, a Pentecostal church, he's been going to Hillsong, so it's, um, oh, what's that term? Years I can't even remember. Uh, prosperity doctrine. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say happy clapper. Happy clapper. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I, I, I was a happy clapper. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, prosperity doctrine got thrown around a few times, and to their surprise, I'd be like, no, it's not like that. Mm. And then Catholicism, they'd think it was this or that. You know, so you believed in purgatory. Mm, no, my priests never actually. Mentioned purgatory. I didn't know what purgatory was until I was about 40 mm. when I finally looked it up and went, What the hell is this purgatory <laughs> thing people speak of that apparently I must know? Yeah. <laughs> that I know all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, breaking that down was a bit of a challenge mm. at the start. Um, but I liked the church. I liked the people. I liked the, um, I liked the vision Stu had or has. Um, and in terms of we're not just a church, um, you know, there's, there's intrinsic and, and intrinsic, extrinsic, thank you, intrinsic, (laughs) extrinsic. And I feel a lot of people's faith, um, can fall outside of intrinsic and be extrinsic. So if they only just, they just come to church on Sunday and, do what they're supposed to do. But Stu wanted more than that, obviously, and wanted people to create these relationships and and grow through life together. And that, I think, changes people from extrinsic to intrinsic. Um, once you... I mean, not everyone, obviously, but um, once you attend enough and understand what it's about, you, you've got a greater chance of actually taking that on and, and running with that uh, rather than just being a, you know, put my couple of hours in on a Sunday sort of person. Um, so I really liked what Stu's vision was for this place. And I liked the people here and thought, yep, I, I can definitely give this a good red hot go. Do you think Jen was a little bit concerned about how you go, how you yes. would go coming and adapting to being in a different church? To the church, to Sydney, <laughs> to everything, yes. <laughs> how did you adapt to go adapting to Sydney? Because you said it was the last place on earth. Did oh, you say absolutely that? it was the last <laughs> place on earth. Why do you earth? have Sydney? Have well, firstly, after living in Noosa for 17 years, 16 years, 16 years, um, I definitely did not want to be in a large city. Okay. So I even didn't want to go back to Melbourne, didn't want to go to any particularly large city. And if you're going to go to a large city, why Sydney? <laughs> I could not see any reason why Sydney would be a good place to live. Oh, yeah. that seems like God did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're either going to move to Sydney for a good job or a good woman, and I didn't have a good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, the other thing is that, like, you and Jenny also have a son, Caleb. Yes. And he's very enjoyable with how... Uh, what's the right word? Like how vocal he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you, and because I always like to ask anyone who's a parent who comes on the podcast, what has um, God taught you through being a parent? 
Oh, a lot. It's funny you say he's very vocal, and a lot of that is to do with this environment that he's growing up in. Mm. So um, at Week Away last month, uh, you know, when the music was playing in between rounds, Caleb got up there and... Oh, trivia, you mean? Sorry. At the at, trivia at room? Trivia, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, he got up on the stage and did a solo dance. And like, I did, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> a couple of years ago, there's no way he could have done that. He was too nervous, too shy. But I really love the environment that he's feeling comfortable in now and mm. it's really good. Mm. It's really good to see. But is God, is that God... What's God taught you through that? Though? What's God taught me through that? Or anything else being a, being a dad? Look, you know, being a dad, you're taught a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot of things. Nothing's about you. That's <laughs> the first thing you learn. Yeah. Nothing is about you. Um, what's it taught me? It's, look, I thought I had really good patience and understanding of kids and all of that, but it's taught me to, to really go back to that level. Um, you know, there's something in uh, when you're talking to a child to literally go down to their level and talk to them, uh, to use the language that they use and understand. And, and it helped me to remember that, you know, I do love talking with people uh, of, of all ages, of whatever backgrounds, and that, you know, it's important to not just... And people say, be true to who you are. No, no, no. If being true to who you are is going to jeopardise the ability to create other relationships, then why would you do that? You know, let's let's break that down and and talk to people on their level. And yeah, it it brought a lot of that back to me having a kid that you have to do that with. That was a question I was going to ask you, and um, hopefully this doesn't sound offensive, but you you got married. What some people like most people wouldn't get married that old that that age. Sorry, not that old. Calling me geriatric? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like uh, getting yeah. married and also having a child a little yeah. bit later than most other people have. How I, I'm just wondering how you think that it's might a, be different. It's a very valid question because after my first marriage, I had no intention of ever getting married again. Yeah. As far as I was concerned, that was my marriage uh, and that... Uh, wasn't going to change like that that was it you've had your one yes yeah i've had my one and that was it i wasn't interested in in creating a new life a new marriage a new family or anything like that whatsoever and obviously that changed over time um and it it's really been a blessing because i think i mentioned before that I, i'd also thought that was my chance to have kids and that was gone mm. um and I had accepted that and I was okay with that. Um, my my ex-wife had some medical issues that meant that children was not on the cards. Right. So I yeah. had learned to accept that at a younger age, you know, in my 20s. Because mm. um, I was married at 20, 21. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd had plenty of time to accept that. And so then it's just such a blessing. And people use the word blessing a lot. But I truly feel blessed that I got this little kid running around me. Yeah, I'm, I turned fifty this year. Uh, for the first time ever, I'm feeling old. Like an, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be an old man. I'm going to hit fifty. You know, and it's not lost on me that when he has his twenty-first, I'm going to be sixty-four years old or something. Um, but it's such a blessing. 
Mm. It really is. It's such a delight to have this boy in my life. Mm. You know, and the family that we've created, the three of us. Mm. I love it. That's really cool. Uh, Brayden, do you want to, um, before we wrap it up, do you want to ask the final question? I'm not going to ask the final question. <gasps> You're going to skip into something else. Yeah, go. Because I know Dan as a gamer. Oh, yes. not, not a video gamer. Well, oh, well too. a little bit too, but mainly as a board, board gamer. gamer. Yes. So that's a good question. Just quickly. Yes. I, I, it feels like a lot to, to cram into whatever <laughs> time. about gaming. Yeah. I know. It feels it's a big aspect. But what do you remember getting you into board gaming? Was it like one big experience or board game that. That got me into that it. Got, that got you into it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was not into board gaming. At mm. all. Yeah. It was not cool. So <laughs> I was never into it. Like it wasn't considered cool I in your... I was far from considered cool in my mm. circles when mm. I was a young kid. Yeah. So I was never into board gaming. Yeah. Um, I did, however, and this is an oxymoron, I did, however, get involved in D&D. <laughs> 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 um, but I was one of those kids that could bridge both the cool kids and the not cool kids, the chess team and the footy team and... Mm. So anyway, um, fast forward to I'm at this church mm. and it's my first week away. So <laughs> it's like 2016 mm. and I'm helping out in kids and uh, there's a couple of teenagers that um, are helping out in that. Mm. So Riley Fox, uh, Finn, I uh, didn't know Luca then. I don't know if he was coming to our yeah, church. Yeah, I don't think then. Luca was there then. But yeah. uh, uh, what's his name? Liam Miller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a few of these boys, and it's funny because I, I get what Stu's trying to create with this all stage. You know, you put into them, they also put back into you, and it mm. creates really good uh, long-term friendships. And th- and this really has. They um, were into board games. Well, yeah, Fox, Fox especially. Fox especially. (laughs) But they were into board games. And so to participate in time with them, I had to play board games. And I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I really enjoyed it. I don't get how, like a lot of people have trouble communicating with kids, with teenagers, like I said, Mm. with old people. Um, There's just so much to get out of it. Yeah. yeah, and you might be putting in. It might be very one way for a while, but that changes with time. Yeah, and particularly these guys. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you the the last week away, last month, I walked into the room. It was the Friday night. We got there after dinner. We'd uh, unpacked the car, done the drive, had worked that day. I was a bit tired and knackered, and I'm not as extrovert as everyone thinks I am. <laughs> I walked into that room and everyone's all blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get out of here. This, I can't deal with this right now. And I hear my name being yelled out. I look over the other side of the room. <laughs> Riley Fox, <laughs> Liam Miller, Luca, I think Finn. can't remember who else. A whole bunch of them. They're all yelling out my name. Hey, come, Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs> Yay, good you're here. Come. Come sit down with us. And so I sat down, played a couple of board games and had a chat with them. That evening, yeah. and it's amazing how that has reversed from me putting all that effort into yeah. now they put that effort into me. They put that effort into Caleb massively, mm-hmm. 
as well. Yeah. And so I see Caleb benefiting from that, from those kids who are now adults. Yeah. It's really special, isn't it? How oh. when you approach someone and you're a bit curious, like, oh, I'm interested in getting to know you and what you're into, how then that then reciprocates, but now is having flow on effects. Yeah. Now that they're yeah. obviously young men and now they're inputting into your son as well. It's really cool. Oh, isn't absolutely. It? Yeah. Caleb has been so embraced in this church mm. and um, a, a lot of that has to do with those kids that have grown up, those kids that Jenny has mentored, mm. that I've had something to do with, mm. and then they've grown up and they're putting that back into him. Yeah, that's really special, um, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. So as much as I hate Sydney, I'm here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to stay because I see what's going on and I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for me, it's a good thing for Jenny, and it's really a good thing for Caleb. Yeah. What? Just one more question on board games. What What are you going to put at the top of your power ranking of board games? At the moment. Oh so yeah. It, I'm well, sure, it probably changes. Of, yeah. 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 Look, I enjoy. Um. What's it called? I enjoy Secret Hitler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny name. <laughs> Secret Hitler. I, I think it's cool. done so well. I don't get into Mafia and all of those. And this is along that same vein, but it's just done so well. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Otherwise, anything that's um, got some sort of strategy or is killing someone off. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you don't like Mafia then. Um, well, uh, Mafia is a so... It's, uh, yeah, no. It depends on the crowd as well. Yep. Yeah. Can be very um, but I also enjoy um, cooperatively. Yeah, playing. I really enjoy that. If there's a task to be had oh, where you got to think pandemic. and work together, oh, yeah, I enjoy that. Game. I love. I, it's fun when yeah, it's a game where you're working together trying to do something. Cause yeah, it's I reckon a I'd be different. more into that in board yeah. games because I'm not into board game seats, but more of those. Yeah. I would. Jenny play can't more. play those. It's like if I'm not trying to beat someone, <laughs> what's the <laughs> point? What's the point? <laughs> but I, I quite enjoy that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and and it's about. Again, it's about the people yeah. you're with because it's not actually about the board game itself. Yeah, mm. um, it's about the people who you're playing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Now, Braden, do you want to ask the final question? Oh yeah, sure. If I can remember what it is, <laughs> oh, I can't remember what the question was supposed to be. <laughs> it's all right. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, if you could tell yourself, your younger self, something, um, some advice, can you think of anything that you would share? That I would share. This comes from probably the maturity as you journey through your faith. That's the point uh, of the question. What was that? <laughs> That's the point of the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think all Christians at some point feel guilt just for being a human being. Yeah. And I've gotten past that. I'm okay with that. I'm a human, that's the way God made me. I'm going to screw up, I'm going to make mistakes. As long as I'm growing from that and learning from that and asking for redemption from that, then I'm okay with that. I'm actually really okay with the fact that I'm going to stuff everything up. I wasn't okay with that for a long, long, long time. Um so as a child, I can remember feeling guilt about that. As a teenager, as a young adult, as a middle-aged adult, it's really not till the last sort of, I don't know, 10 or more years uh, 
that I've come to terms with that myself. And I find it really easy now to ask God for forgiveness because I understand what forgiveness is a lot better now. And I couldn't ask for forgiveness when I was younger because I didn't understand it. Mm. You know, all I could understand was that I was guilty. And so it'd be really nice to be able to go back to that boy, even right back then, and just say, it's okay, you know. You're going to stuff everything up. That's not what God's looking for. Yeah. That's not actually what God cares about, really, in the end. You know, he guides us to not do that for our benefit, but he's okay with that. He's not expecting us to get it right. Mm. Um, as long as we're working on that, working on getting better, working on changing ourselves, then that doesn't matter that we are actually human. And... Like I said, I find it really easy to ask for forgiveness. I can do something really stupid and go, oh, sorry, God, that was really dumb. Um, wasn't thinking Wasn't thinking about you, wasn't thinking about them. Um, please forgive me for that. Let's move on from that <laughs> really <Yeah>. quickly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really easy and okay with doing that. And it's funny because I think my Catholicism helps with that too. There's something very, uh, I don't even know, to articulate it but when you when you see a priest and you do confession uh it's teaching you to you know what let go of that give that to god and say look i've i've done all these stupid things things against you i'm sorry about that now, i'm not sure that you know 10 hail marys and <laughs> and and two lord's prayer fixes that yeah um but the idea behind confessing is i think a really good thing and in my maturity that's what i do with god most on a daily basis let's be honest um but i can move on from that really really quickly and gosh i'd love to tell that little four-year-old boy that started learning about all of this that that's okay don't get too hung up on that yeah and i think uh having you on the podcast has been really cool and it's interesting how you were talking about removing yourself from situations and it took a long time to almost for you to stop yourself doing that. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the the rock bottom moment, but it's also, uh, it's fun, uh, a couple of times in the podcast you talked about um, being enriched and by like the people and all the different cultures that you grew up with and all that kind of thing. But then um, I think... Like we had, you had, you even talked about the experiences that you'd had as well, even enriching you. But I think that's also like why we do this podcast is you, you talked about the experiences that God's put you through, that guy that helped you out at your church up in Nusa, saying that like he's done that for a reason to, for you to help other people. But again, like I said, this is why we do this podcast is that like what you've talked about today helps enrich other people's lives as well. So I think it's been really special to have you on. And like I thank you for the honesty that you've had too. Like there's, quite a few things that like you talked about like even removing yourself from feeling like you needed to remove yourself from difficult situations like that's a clear sign that there's some difficult things that have gone on in life so we appreciate that you are willing to share that but I think that's really important again because I think the people that listen to this go oh that's you know I've got a small snippet of that someone else is going through it so I think it's really cool to see the way that God has used you all through that time and now as you you talked about how your maturity 
kind of expanded a lot since that time up in Noosa. I think it's cool to see that he's also like that transformative effect that he had on you as well. Like Jesus transformed you at that point from rock bottom. And to see you feeding that back in, whether it's Caleb or Jen or even the crew at Week Away, like it's really special, man. So thank you. Yeah, no, it's been good having this chat. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's it's funny because it is good to share for other people. It's also good to share for yourself as well. Yeah, that's right. It, It helps with like, we're always healing or getting better or more comfortable with ourselves or whatever it mm. is. And it, you know, it, it helps to talk about things. Which you well. just said about being okay with the guilt now. Yes. Which you weren't for a very long time, but now you are. Like, that's really important. There'd be other people that would hear this and have similar scenarios, similar situations. So that's, again, thank you for coming on and doing this. It's been really fun. Yeah, thank you both of you. It has been fun. Yeah, yeah. Any final words, Braden? No. No. <laughs> no okay. wise words. I just always feel like I hog the microphone a little bit. That's all. So it's I your podcast. <laughs> I've been the one doing all the talking. Yeah. Well, that's you the point. So. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> We've got Dan Joel, on here. Joel's podcast featuring Dan. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, bro. We appreciate you coming on. Well, and thank you very much. Making the time. You were, you were a quick uh, turnaround from when I asked you, so I appreciate that too. So thank you very much. All good. Thank you, Braden. Thank you. It's Joel. been Wonderful as always. Always. A always. pleasure. Um, Dan, we always finish with one way if you're happy to join us in that. Sorry, what was that? We finish the podcast with a one way. Oh, there you go. I've not seen quite to the end of any of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he has been exposed. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for Dan and one way. way.